And as promised, there's more content from the 2020 SHOT Show at the Sands Convention Center on the Shooting USA podcast. This time, he represents the white whale I've been chasing now for at least four years. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome the director of the CrossFit Games, Dave Castro, to the podcast. Dave, welcome. Thank you, John. This is significant for me on a lot of fronts because you don't typically do these, but I know you want to branch out. I know you want to start doing them. Yeah, I typically don't do interviews. I'm not a big fan of the podcast format in general, and I haven't been a big fan of uh, just sitting down and, and spending the time to answer questions from people just because of my reticent nature and not really um, wanting to put myself out too much. So over the past few years, I kind of set a, a uh, personal goal of not, not even a goal, a personal charter of not doing any sure. podcasts. And I think that's why this is so significant and maybe why I've lost so much sleep and burned so many calories getting this set up. But I'm glad that we're doing it for a number of reasons. First and foremost, you're an avid outdoorsman. You're a hunter. Uh, you're a long-range shooter. We've corresponded a couple of times about some long-range precision action and different things. Talk about that. Talk about being involved. Well, so I grew up in... Uh in uh, Aromas, California on a 65-acre ranch. And so growing up, there was plenty of opportunities to shoot. I had a 22, little Ruger 22 that my dad got me. And so in the early stages of my life, I didn't hunt, but shooting was a part of my life. Then I entered the Navy. And obviously, my career in the Navy, shooting was a very heavy part of that. I spent 12 and a half years uh, in the Navy as a SEAL. And so shooting was something that I did. It was my profession. And after I got out and started working for CrossFit, I was actually working for CrossFit and um, in the Navy. There was an overlap of about three years. Mm -hmm. I got out to work full-time for CrossFit. And I had a friend who worked with CrossFit. His name is Dave Ray. And he introduced me to the shooting sports. He introduced me. He's a grandmaster in USPSA. You bet. And he introduced me to uh, USPSA. And I started shooting it, and I fell in love. That was around in 2010. So over the years... I've been heavily involved in USPSA um, off and on. Sure. Not super consistent because of my job with CrossFit. I have to travel a lot because of the events we run. So I did it when I could, hit or miss. A couple years ago, I stopped shooting USPSA just because the, the time commitment, again, with the CrossFit work was just too much. And where I was living at the time, it wasn't really conducive to, uh, to shooting down in San Diego. Uh, in terms of training, not conducive. There's plenty of matches. There's matches all over Southern California. It's actually interesting. People always say, oh, you shoot in California. That must be hard. And it's not hard at all because it's such a, there's matches every weekend, anywhere you want to shoot. It's, it's available to you. So I stopped shooting USPSA. I actually made a move from Southern California back up to Northern California where I grew up near the ranch I grew up on. Mm -hmm. And when I made that move, I then started getting into hunting because our ranch, we have a uh, lot of wild boar. Sure. And so I filed, I, uh, filed for a depredation permit with the uh, Fish and Game. Mm -hmm. That got approved. And uh, I then started diving into uh, hunting. And again, I didn't grow up hunting. I um, spent time learning how to uh, use my firearm and hunt other game rather than animal. And uh, all of that helped the transition into um, going into hunting and, and taking down game, essentially. Sure. There's so many parallels and there are so many directions I want to take this conversation. But the first and foremost, there was a USPSA Nationals. It was an open Nationals in St. George, Utah. And Dave Ray was there and the media team was there. Yep. Savannah was there. 
and we were there. Shooting USA was there covering it. Yep. And I saw you shoot. Uh, we didn't interact very much, but Dave and I have been friends for a long time. And then Shannon Smith was involved in the production. Yep. Athena Lee was involved in the production. Shortly after that event, and about the time I'm working on our television story and coverage of the match and match winners, the CrossFit media story of that event came out on the yep. internet. And for me, it was one of those things that I probably watched realistically 10 times. <laughs> because, number one, skillful storytelling from an eye and with a group that aren't there to find out who's going to win. They're there to tell the story of the physical demands and the parallels when it comes to high-level shooters that train in CrossFit and the validity of that as an extension of sport within the CrossFit realm. That particular piece, if I remember correctly, and others, garnered a tremendous divide within the CrossFit community in terms of how it was received. And from there, you, I think, became a bit of a lightning rod <laughs> with regard to shooting sports, firearms, ownership, the Second Amendment, and how that divides. I was a lightning rod in the community before that. Sure. <laughs> Early on. Um, and I think the big divide in the community would be when we gave away a Glock. Oh, yeah. At the games. So that wouldn't, that, um, the event we did in St. George, the content we put out, it, it had some negativity directed towards it, but I think the majority. Nothing compared nothing to the compared Glock to Award. The Glock at the CrossFit Games. The you year. bet. We and did that. What I found notable about that, because you and I had become acquaintances and yep. I had texted you a couple of messages through Shane Coley from Team Glock and so on. Um, what I found notable about that was that the winners were more than happy that <laughs> year to collect that as an extra prize behind the scenes. They were absolutely uh, ecstatic about getting that as a prize. Interestingly enough, at the 2009 games, we gave guns away too. Uh, we gave 1911s away. Mm. And uh, I forgot which manufacturer, but a gun manufacturer partnered with a smaller one, partnered with us, and we gave 1911 to the winners. The thing was, back then, the games were much smaller. Yeah, so no doubt. once it scaled, once a lot of people started looking at it, that's when people started having an issue with it. We didn't do anything wrong. There's no. nothing illegal about that. There's Not nothing, at all. you know, we. Some people I think it's a tremendous it. prize, and Glock was happy to provide it. It's something that they would do at a club match or at a national-level yep. shooting competition. The prize table is covered up in guns like yep. that, and it's a great thing. Um, moving away from that, though, I think it's interesting. And what is your take on Bill and the people at Rogue incorporating shooting sports actually into the competition? I think that should not happen. Okay. I, I do not believe that shooting should be involved in any of our CrossFit competitions that have um, weight to them or that are a qualification to get someone to the games. Okay. Here's why. Shooting has nothing to do with a test of fitness. Fundamentally, we're testing fitness. Right. We're testing fitness to, uh, at the CrossFit Games to, to crown the fittest alive. And in those qualifying events, we're testing... Um, fitness again to get them the best the fittest to the next stage now i don't know how that event played out in rogue or um, at bill's event but had someone not qualified to go to the games because they shot poorly right but did well at everything else you're not testing fitness at that point and i tell bill this too if uh you know i'd have this conversation with him but i think as exhibitions, as demonstrations, yes. as side events, absolutely. It's great. What the tactical games are doing, cool. Uh, what we did with in, in um, Florida with um, 
Shannon Smith. Yes, uh, yeah, that was going to be the next question. Yeah, what we did there, awesome. Yep. Those are one-off events. Combined CrossFit and shooting, great. Combined CrossFit and shooting and have it as a scored event, awesome. Combine CrossFit and shooting and have it as a test for the fittest in the world, no. Right. Combine CrossFit and shooting and have it as a qualifier to get to the games, I don't agree with it. They they are free to do it, obviously. They could do it if they want, but that's my personal opinion on it. I don't think they should be combined in qualification stage. I Acceptable and very understandable and well and concisely put. I think I agree with you because I think it is a specialty that doesn't fall within the realm of what is traditional fitness as sport. Correct. Um, very, uh, all sorts of different answers. And I think we've touched on the thing that I wanted to go from there to, which was that shooting CrossFit event. Dave, Ray kind of helped put that together uh, with Shannon, Universal Shooting Academy. JJ Rakaza came out. Yep. Rich Fronig came out. Yep. And from what was presented, I wasn't there because Dave told me flat out, hey, look, this is our media team doing this. <laughs> you can't be there. Um, there was maybe the attitude that the emphasis or value of the shooting was higher than maybe it should have been in that um, one of the last events between JJ and arguably the greatest CrossFitter of all time came down to plate rack shots. Yeah. and. Uh, well, that's just thin. There's a compromise there, and you have to decide which direction you're going to go. It's going to be really hard to, um, you know, is it going to be biased more towards the shooting, or is right. it going to be biased more towards fitness? And you want to try to, in an event like that, if you're going to put on an event like that, I believe you want the event to find a happy middle ground where it's, you know, let's call it 50% valued at shooting and 50% at the fitness. Um, all that stuff's hard to figure out, especially sure. if you're not testing it. And, you know, if you get what you're ultimately looking for, someone really fit and who can shoot really well. And I think we found that at that event with yep. JJ. Yeah, for sure. JJ, you know, he's a, obviously a world-class shooter, much better shooter than Rich, and, um, and very fit. Yep. Rich is the fittest Very, very life. fit. Yeah, but not a great and shooter. And a club-level shooter. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even say a club-level shooter, you know, below that. Yeah. So, um, so it, made sense that, it made sense that JJ won. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, but you could, create, you could easily create one of those events and just skew it towards the fitness and Rich would dominate. And we're, yeah, yeah, of course. The, um, there's all sorts of things going on for you these days and one of which is social media. Mm -hmm. um, there's two things that I've noticed lately in your social media. One, there's a book. Yep. Uh, is that available for people? Let's talk about the book. Yeah, so the book was actually a couple of years ago. Um, I wrote, I decided I wanted to chronicle the process of, of creating the CrossFit Games for that year. Sure. And it's funny because I actually read a book that year, earlier that year, by um, Lil Wayne, the rapper. And it was, it was of his duration in Rikers Island. Um, he spent six or seven months there, and he just did a journal. And the right. book was written like a journal, in journal format. It just had entries. And uh, it was pretty short, not a long book. And I thought, okay, I'm going to use this. I'm just going to do a journal of, of the process I go through to create the CrossFit Games. And so every day I worked on um, programming for the games, I'd make an entry. And some of them were really long and some of them were short. And, it, um, and I just chronicled that process. And I set a goal to, uh, to write 50,000 words because um, Tiger Woods' book that I also read that year, I think it was like 60 or 70,000 words. Well, very shortly, a couple, like a few weeks into it, a month into it, I hit 50,000 words. And then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna set my goal to 100,000 words. Then I hit 100,000 words. 
And then after that, I was like, I'll just go till it's, it's finished. And the book ended up being 140,000 words, which I was happy about because it, it just wasn't a gimmicky short thing. And it was the process I go through when creating the, the workouts for the, and the spectacle for the CrossFit Games. And um, I learned a lot through it. You know, it's an easy, I will admit this, it's an easy way to write a book. Yeah. Meaning because it is just essentially journal entries. It's just, here's what I did today. Here's my thoughts on it. Here's why I'm doing this. Um, and then sometimes I'd veer left or right and rant a little. Uh, it, was, it helped me in the process of creating the games that year. I've, and I was happy with it. I was happy to have, um, I put a lot into it. I really cared about it. Um, I was happy with the result of the book. I've thought about doing it since, again, like a new version, but I sure. haven't committed to it. I haven't, because it was, it was a lot of work. Even though I say it was an easy way to do it, it still took a lot of time commitment and discipline. But the discipline that it took really helped in the outcome of the CrossFit Games, the event that went on that year, because it, it just, even sometimes when I was writing, um, the overview of what I did for the day, it still gave me new ideas. And I said, ah, I should try this, or I'll go in this direction. Because when programming the CrossFit Games, to me, it's not just making workouts. It's, it's an art, and it's something, it's a visual. It's got to be a spectacle for the fans. It's got to play out in the right way. It's obviously got to be a good test of fitness. So there's a lot of different things I'm thinking about when making these uh, events or tests. Yeah, sure. And some of that process for you has been shown in some of the behind-the-scenes documentaries. Yep. Uh, most recently, the Redeemed and the Dominant. Um, there was a pretty healthy section in there uh, where you were in your test box yep. and your test athlete is doing different workouts and you know some, some comments from you as things are moving along. Um, where does that production stand? Is there going to be any more of that? Does that exist going forward? There's going to be some media that outside uh, media teams are making of some of the events and some of the stuff. But in-house CrossFit, we're not doing any media right now. Right. So we're not making that type of media anymore. I understand. Um, it's an interesting evolution. I want to get back to the social media side of the fence, though, because you are very, I mean, you're, you're huge in social media. The community is huge. You have a ton of followers as a lightning rod who is pro second amendment pro hunter and all of these things that you are unapologetically you garner some pretty hateful <laughs> things that come through and lately you've been putting people completely out there people that dm you things that are just morbid and awful well you can plan on that being seen by the world yeah so generally speaking i avoid all of it i, I don't look at oftentimes especially if it's something controversial if, if i start getting a lot of negativity or a lot of uh, mean comments. I'll delete what I see, and then there's there's a point where I just turn off and don't look at comments sure. anymore. Um, when I go through my DMs, sometimes when I look, I'll see mean and hateful things, or even in comments now. And I've recently started doing a um, a play where I screenshot it and then I post it for the world to see. And really, what that's about is I want them to see how much of uh, a how horrible of a person those people are how bad people can be the the things people can and i want and i leave their names on it so they're out it right it's like look at look at this person might be your friend yeah. and this is what they're saying to, uh, about me or someone on my account and well if so, you want to assume some kind of anonymity by using a direct message as opposed to a public yeah comment 
that's not going to work with with the Dave Castro. Yeah. And, I mean, I commend that. I think it's I think it's just another one of those things that makes and you. And it's interesting because I've noticed some in some of the re more recent controversial things I've done. Like I posted a, a picture of um, a. Uh, a story in my story of the uh, Trump book, the Don Jr. book. Yeah, sure. And uh, everyone was, uh, I got a ton of DMs of people saying, oh, you're going to get a lot of hate for this. You're going to get a lot of hate. And I got like one or two that I saw pieces of uh, negativity from it. And one of them I put on my story. But I think people are getting conditioned to, yeah. all right, maybe I don't want to say something. Cause yeah, there's no anonymity there. Yeah. I can't hide I'm behind get the blasted. direct messages. So what's the future hold? I mean, where are we headed, not only in your professional career, but in your outdoors career? How does federal play into it? Federal has been a tremendous help in just uh, supporting me in the shooting sports, in um, getting me the best ammunition I can have to, to shoot the long-range game. So this past year, I got into the long-range game. My, uh, a friend of mine asked me to shoot Mammoth Sniper Challenge, right. and he asked, he asked me in January of last, December of last year, and so for the past year... Um, we just trained for that match, and I just went full steam into the, uh, the long-range world, and I loved it. I enjoyed it, and uh, Federal's been critical in helping enable me to do that and train. I shoot a lot, and uh, I couldn't shoot that much if it wasn't for support from someone like Federal. Sure. So typically factory ammunition through your long gun. I know it's an, in it's an MPA chassis. Yep. What's the rest of the build on the gun? It's an MPS MPA chassis. Um, Curtis Action, I have a, um, who, who does my barrel? I'm not sure on the barrel. And Trigger Tech Trigger. Right. Uh, Leopold. Leopold's yep. been a big support. I have Leopold um, 7x35 on there, Mark V. And uh, it's a great gun. I love it. And it's, you know, I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning so much in that yes. long range discipline. There's so much to learn. And, uh, and it's been fun. And it's at such a different speed from the USPSA stuff. Interestingly enough, I recently put that gun up after Mammoth, and uh, I'm diving into PCC. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So Well, um, I know you've got a JP GMR. GMR, yep. Um, we went back and forth because I run a GMR 15. Yep. Um, I want to get back to the precision gun. What's the caliber? Six. Uh, so I started uh, at the beginning of the year as a 6.5 Creedmoor. Right, sure. Shot a few matches with that. And then I decided I want to make the switch to 6-millimeter Creedmoor. Yep. And I also bought a second MPA, a 223 trainer. Okay. And the 223 trainer was huge because I shoot, the, I shoot that one all the time. And it's just, you know, I can run rounds down it without worrying about burning out a barrel sure. or, 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 you know, doing that. For um, a factory ammo option right now, I think six Creedmoor is the answer. I mean, that's, that's my gun. Um, there are a lot of guys running the Dashers, yep. six millimeter GT is a new thing, the shorter cases. Um, so as those calibers become available as factory load, yep. that makes it a different story, That's true. at least for me. Um, the PCC is the next level. <laughs> I have been shooting IDPA with a club. I renewed my IDPA membership since, I mean, I haven't had an active one since 2012. And I renewed it because the club is now welcoming PCC shooters. I shot the oh, wow. IDPA's IDPA first PCC National at the CMP. Obviously, USPSA is welcoming the PCC. Um, I it's didn't a blast. realize that IDPA was... Yes, that's a new thing. That just happened cool. in 2019. And it is very cool. 18-round courses of fire. You never have to reload unless it's mandated. You're allowed lasers, all of those things. If you can support side, shoot a rifle, you've got it. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. 
Um, where do you see yourself going with PCC? Going to go back towards uh, USPSA? The Nationals for 2020 I will not, is going to be in Florida. Yeah, so I, uh, in that journey through USPSA, I got into it so I was 100% into it, and I started traveling for matches. I went to multiple matches in Florida at Frostproof. I sure. went to uh, St. George, George, Utah. Yeah. Utah. There was a time, though, where it was too consuming. And, and at that time, someone that I ran the games with, he left CrossFit, and more of the burden of, of just organizing and, and uh, programming some of the events fell on me, and I decided, okay, I need to stop traveling for USPSA matches. Yeah. And so I drew that line in the sand, and it was really good for, it was healthy for me, because I wasn't a professional or anything. I was just doing it out of right. passion. And so I pulled back on the amount of matches I did. Well, that I'm still kind of sticking to. I'm not going to... Gotcha. Uh, I'm not going to get, I could, because I could easily do that. I really want to get in, like, I, I get passionate about it and I want to do well. I could easily find myself traveling to matches, but I still have my full time job with CrossFit. I still have all my other things going on. I need to focus on that stuff. So I don't have any big plans like that. I don't have any big plans of trying to go to major matches. I do have a plan. I want to, uh, I want to get my MasterCard. So I'm going to practice for that and mm -hmm. try to get that um, qualification, classification. Um, and then take it from there. Gotcha. But I still, so we have to shoot Mammoth again next year because we had some issues at Mammoth this year. So I still am not going to abandon the... Um, the long-range game. The long-range game. Okay. So I'm still going to clean up and keep working on the long-range long range game, which I really do enjoy. And there's another match in Wyoming that Competition Dynamics runs that I really, uh, we did last year as preparation right. for Mammoth. And we're going to shoot that again because I really do enjoy that. So those are the two matches I'm going to travel for. So... The mammoth format involves carrying all of your food, water, your lodging, and everything for the course of the event. I mean, that's a very that's a that's a daunting physical endeavor. There are other long range matches where you don't have to do all that. <laughs> I know, but that's a you know that's part of background. It. Not water though. You said it, it involves carrying all the. Um, oh, you don't have to carry your own carry, water no. anymore. If you had to carry water, that would be an entire game. That'd be a game changer. Three days of water, we're talking, you know, yeah. 20, 30, 40 pounds. I don't know. A lot now, do of they water. still have the checkpoint time limits and all of yep. those things you got to hit? Because I remember when this match used to go on up at Rock Castle in Kentucky. Yep. And there was one particular January event where it was frigid. It was like nine degrees. And yeah. guys had to sleep in tents if they wanted to They wanted to do it, man. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, there are other long-range <laughs> matches that aren't that big of an endeavor that you can just show up and shoot, and, you know, there's never a reset. <laughs> That's one thing I tell people about the precision game is you never reset. You never yeah. tape a target. Yep. And when it's your turn to shoot, cool. When it's not, hang back because typically you've got three or four pillows with you, yeah. and you can bring some snacks, and you can hang out. It is quite literally the most fun you can have. It is fun. Awesome. Um, Moving the CrossFit Games out of California and taking them to Wisconsin, that was a decision driven by what? Well, we were done with our, um, with our contract for the Step Up Center in Carson, California, and we put out some bids for some other cities to host the event. And it went through a process where multiple cities bid on the event, went through a surface level, then they advanced based off some criteria that they didn't meet. It came down to uh, three or four other cities there were three or four cities in the running to host the event, and Madison was one of them. And so the year before we hosted it there, uh, myself and some members of our team traveled across the country to the three or four locations that were potentials, that were the final four, call it, 
and Madison just made sense. Sure. It had the venues, it had the town, the city, the culture. It, it was the perfect place for us to do it. And we're really happy with the decision to go to Madison. Good. Okay. So it's going to be there indefinitely. Well, we'll probably, there'll be a point, our contract will end up there, run uh, its course there, and we'll put it out again to other cities to I bid. See. And they'll, they'll be able to bid on it too. And so we'll see how that plays out. Okay. Excellent. The community seems to be strong. Uh, there was a dip notably, and you guys were very transparent about it with regard to involvement in the Open uh, yep. this year, but I think it's still strong yep. internationally. Yep. Um, the change from regional qualifications to sanctional events, is that a benefit designed for CrossFit, meaning you all don't have to manage all of these events anymore? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a huge um, burden off of our shoulders, essentially, and for me, it's been great, personally. Like, um, planning and organizing all of those regionals was a lot of work. And so that lifted off of us and essentially the events, the community that the community was already running, them taking that burden on has allowed us to focus on some of the things that we'd like to focus on a little more. Some of our courses, our affiliates, allowed me personally also to focus more on the games and just that event and the open. So I've, it's, it's been a good change. Good. I haven't had to travel as much because I don't, you know, I used to go to a lot of the regional. Well, you'd be in Nashville. And yeah, for yeah. me, that was always a fun event. Yeah. Uh, it's not there anymore, obviously. <laughs> but such is life. I mean, that's how we, that's how we grow and that's how we evolve. So yep. very cool. Exciting stuff. Anything I missed? Fitness. I'd like to say this about CrossFit and fitness. You know, it's interesting. Um, you go to these shooting matches and especially I saw this in USPSA and I'm seeing this now in, uh, in the long range stuff. And Everybody spends th literally thousands of dollars on the latest um, gear, on the, the latest actions, latest barrels, the, the lightest stuff, the, the best stuff they can possibly get. But then you see how they take care of themselves. Right. And it's like, well, why don't you spend a little money or put a little money or time also in getting fit? Now, interestingly enough, I think especially in USPSA, you're seeing this realm that uh, you're seeing this phase happening now that that golf almost went through with someone like Tiger Woods. Pre-Tiger Woods, you had all these guys out there that were golfing, that were overweight, and didn't care as much about t fitness. Tiger Woods really cared about fitness, and then everyone else started realizing, okay, well, maybe we should start caring about fitness for this sport, too, where traditionally sure. you thought you didn't need to care, uh, care about fitness in something like golf. I felt like I saw that happen in shooting, um, especially USPSA. A lot of people didn't care about that, but then you get guys like Shannon Smith, like JJ, um, like Athena, all these people who do care about fitness and they're some of the best in the world. Yep. Well, that's the piece that takes them to the next level. I think the future f for uh, tr people training in a lot of these shooting sports is to become more fit and to pay attention to um, their fitness level because it's the edge. It's an, an additional edge that that you, um, you can get with just some hard work and not having to pay thousands of dollars for necessarily on a new piece of equipment. Well, yeah. and at the end of the day, it benefits you in everything you do in your life, not just yeah, on the absolutely. range. But if you are faster on your feet from point A to point B through a long field course by three seconds and the hit factor happens to be close to 10, yep. well, those three seconds equal 30 points, guys. So, you yeah. know, run, move. Yeah, exactly. Advance your capacity. My, my goal is a little bit different in that I'm 45 years old and I'm fighting father time now. And, you know, I mean, that's a real thing. So... Yeah, but I don't think you should let it scare you. I don't think, I think Father, I think Father Time is still on your side. I think you're 45 years and you have 
you have a lot of good years ahead of yeah. you and you just need to harness you just need to train smartly to harness um, what you have available right now so what do you say to the guy who's on the fence about it how do you how do you invite somebody new i mean i know and i spend a great deal of time within the four walls of shooting usa inviting new people to the different shooting disciplines yep. how do we get new people involved in shooting how do we get new people involved in crossfit or organized fitness here's the thing about that i never and i'm i've never tried to convince people to to do crossfit or i never try to people to convince people to work out people need to find it on their own that's right and they need to find they need to figure out that they uh Maybe they'll be inspired by someone like myself or some of these other athletes or some people who are fit and shoot. They need to find inspiration, um, not through someone's persuasion, but actually through someone's action. Right. And then they need to see it and they need to dive in. So I think it's oftentimes a waste of time, unless it's a loved one or unless it's someone really close to you. A loved one or someone close to you, you can say, hey, you should start working out or you, you need to do something. But other than that, one level outside of that, it's like, I don't even waste my time trying to tell someone to go work out. You need to, fig you need to see the benefits and realize it on your own because that, that's how you'll get the most from it. It needs to become your own commodity. Yep. And nobody can dictate what's important to you yep. except you. Yep. All right. I said that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've chased you for, what, three or four years to get this interview, and I'm glad we finally did it. I hope it was somewhat painless. Oh, it's easy. Thank you. Awesome, Thanks, brother. John. We'll have more from the 2020 SHOT Show, as promised. Stay tuned.